Hi everyone, Tom here from Draw Breath. Thank you for clicking on this podcast and giving it a listen. Just to let you know, the interview that I'm doing today with Danny is also available as a video. Uh, we filmed this, this interview and it's available to watch on my YouTube channel, which is also called Draw Breath. Uh, if you do enjoy the interview today and like the themes that we're going to be talking about, which are mainly around Dan's thoughts on meditation and creativity, uh, then you may also enjoy my own book, Draw Breath, The Art of Breathing. Um, shameless self-promotion warning here, uh, but that is available on Amazon and you can go over there and have a look at the reviews. Uh, if you search for Draw Breath or Tom Granger, then it should come up and um, it's a very simple and straightforward book that teaches you how to meditate through an interactive series of drawing exercises that are very simple, absolutely anyone can do, and they're super fun and super relaxing. Um, So yeah, you can check that out on Amazon, or you can have a look at drawbreath.com and download and print out some of the simple exercises yourself to try at home. Uh, Yeah, and thus concludes the shameless self-promotion. I really hope you enjoy this interview with Dan today and if you do then please do like or subscribe or share or even leave a review as it really helps other people with the same interest as you to find this kind of content and um, yeah I think I've said all of the things on my uh, plug list so without further ado here's the interview. Constant haranguing you know of our conscious mind. I know it well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, it just drowns out your best ideas. Mm. I'm joined today by Dr. Danny Penman. Uh, and if that name Penman sounds like a, a superhero alter ego, Penman, then you're not far off because Dan's been using his pen to um, help people for his entire career. Um, Dan had a successful career as a journalist and was awarded, uh, well, awards by the RSPCA and by the Humane Society of America for his work as an investigative journalist into animal rights abuses uh, all around the world. Uh, And then he's had a second career as an author writing predominantly about mindfulness, most famously writing Mindfulness, the Practical Guide to Finding Peace in a Frantic World with Professor Mark Williams. Um, but also writing Mindfulness for Health with Vijamala Birch, which is one of the few books that's available on prescription from the NHS, uh, and his solo work, uh, Mindfulness for Creativity, which I think is going to be, hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk about today. Uh, and then he's recently picked up the pen again to write uh, The Art of Breathing, uh, which is this wonderful book, so we'll hopefully get a chance to talk about that as well today. Uh, Danny, thank you uh, so much for joining me today. That's great to be here. I, I had a look into your kind of some of the articles you've written when you're an investigative journalist, um, and it struck me how sort of stressful that job might have been. <laughs> um, not only wearing hidden cameras and exposing things that need to be exposed, but also just some of the things you must have seen uh, doing that. And I wonder, did any of that inform your interest in in mindfulness? Or yeah, I mean, I always. Um... Luckily, I was taught meditation. It was just called meditation mm. in the 80s when I learned it in the sixth form. And, uh, you know, I always found it quite useful in periods of acute stress, um, you know, whether it be 
you know, exams or, mm. you know, stressful situations, you know, to do with work or, you know, just relaxing at the end of the day. Yeah. So, but I never really attached much significance to it. It was just purely a stress relief tool. Mm. Um, and it was only later I realised it's, uh, it's it's true power after, after a really bad paragliding accident, which left me in a really bad way mm. um you know i was in hospital for a month i had three major operations i was in a lot of pain for well five or six months wow so and i used the meditations that i i learned 20 years previously and found them incredibly effective for not only stress and anxiety relief but you know also pain relief so that's kind of how i mm. uh, you know became fascinated by mindfulness yeah so paragliding and investigative journalism, I'm sensing like a, a bit of an adrenaline junkie to begin with. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I used to, uh, you know, I was always into high-powered motorbikes, yeah. you know, uh, doing stupid things at high speed. Uh, <laughs> kind of, why not, really? It's only when it goes wrong that it's, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, you start to regret it. Really. <laughs> yeah, but, but you've managed to use it as a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so that um, accident where you, you uh, with the paragliding, was, yeah. was that when you really began finding an interest in it and you, you delved into it? So, so how did, what was the leap from journalism to writing books? I found um, the techniques so amazingly powerful. You know, I didn't know, uh, people didn't call it mindfulness even mm. 12, 14 years ago, unless yeah. you know, they, they were either Buddhists or you know, academics researching it. As far as the general population was concerned, it was just called meditation. So I'd started using these very, very basic breathing uh, meditations to, to help me cope with the, with the pain and the mm. stress of mm. my accident. And one day I came across the work of Professor Mark Williams at Oxford, yeah. and he had taken mindfulness uh, and turned it into a technique known as mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So it's essentially a, a combination of mindfulness, the medita series of meditations, and cognitive behavioural therapy. And they had discovered that it was fantastic for the worst forms of depression. In fact, um, it was at least as good as uh, best pharmaceuticals and counselling, uh, especially for actually the worst forms of depression. That's the great paradox is... Mm. Mindfulness is slightly less effective for the milder forms of depression, um, and it's still good, but it's actually the worst ones uh, that it, you know it is highly effective wow. for. So I came across his his work. It was actually just like a tiny two hundred word article in the Financial Times magazine, I think it was. And I was literally just flicking through it, yeah. saw this tiny article about um, about a book that he'd uh, just co-authored. Um, I think it was called The Mindful Way Through Depression. I thought, that sounds really interesting. Immediately got a copy. And it was one of the most important books I've ever read or come mm. across. Mm. Um, you know, it's beautifully written. But most important is the techniques were phenomenally powerful. So I started to do them uh, to kind of enhance uh, my own uh, practice to cope with, uh, you know, the, the chronic pain. Found it so important. Eventually, I thought, I've got to let the world know about this. You know, I'm a journalist, so I'm going to take these ideas and try and get them into newspapers. Nobody was interested, you know. Mm. Um, and I always found this incredibly frustrating because I knew the power of this. 
I knew the academic research as well. Nobody was interested at all. But eventually I got something into the uh, Telegraph magazine. And uh, then that was it for a couple of years. Nobody, mm. nobody else was interested. Mm. And I found this so frustrating that eventually, you know, I've got Snowmark quite well at this point. And we, we decided, yeah, we're just going to take, take this work and turn it into a book that anyone can use. Uh, mm. Yeah, you use the term popular book. Um, well, I suppose that's what it's become. Mm, um, very popular. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so we just, you know, uh, yeah, just thought we've got to take this work. It's got to get out to as many people as possible. Mm. And, uh, but I didn't expect it to sell. I thought it's quite a few times when we were working on this book and I was thinking, you know, this does really well. We'll sell 5,000 copies. Mm. And now I think it's been in and out of the Amazon top 100 every year since it's... Yeah, uh, since yeah. It's I mean, released. it's sort of like one and a half million copies now. Wow. Around the world. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, it has succeeded way beyond... Yeah. And, and do you think dreams. that's because it meets a need, I'm guessing? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is. You know, you can, you can write the best book in the world, but if there's no need for it, it yeah. won't succeed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of assuming a, a level of knowledge for people watching this that they've probably either read a book or had a go at meditating before. But in your, in your newest book, there's a really beautiful line where you say uh, meditation is living in the moment, not for the moment. Yeah. I wondered if you could just expand on that for people who maybe. Yeah, I mean, most people, I think, get confused between the two because, mm. you know, uh, hedonism is, is wonderful. I spent many years living a hedonistic yeah. lifestyle myself, <laughs> <With motorbikes. laughs> but that's not mindfulness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you living uh, for the moment is great. Mm. Um, more people need to do it, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but also, yeah. it's important to live in the moment. Yes, because if you're living for the moment but you're not in it when it happens, yeah. then uh, yeah. you're missing out. I yeah, yeah. I think you need to do both. So you, you also, as a follow-up, I think you wrote them after the. Uh, Mark Williams co-author yeah. but um, you wrote Mindfulness for Health with Jamal Birch and yeah. then uh, the book that I'd like to kind of get into today is uh, Mindfulness for Creativity. Yeah. Um, what is the relationship between mindfulness and creativity? It's very difficult to be creative if you're, if you're constantly under pressure. Mm. I mean there's a certain amount of creative tension that is quite useful as part of the uh, creative process but so many people work in so-called creative industries and actually they're deeply uncreative <laughs> industries because everybody's yeah. under so much pressure to perform all of the time mm. and um, so they all go around or rather their bosses go around patting everybody on the back saying yeah it's great stuff you know this is really creative and actually mm. it's not mm. as because people are under pressure yeah. all of the time so actually if you really want to enhance your creativity best thing to do is just be a little bit kinder to yourself mm. take your foot off the accelerator and just that process of relaxing you are going to be like a, a you know a bottle of pop just take the cork off and all of a sudden you are just going to be filled with all of these amazing new creative ideas so and because we're calming down things can yeah. come to the top or that's right that... yeah they can just rise to mm. the surface because if you have a really busy mind um, you're just not going to hear those great little ideas mm -hmm. and because uh, you know the the kind of constant haranguing you know of our conscious yeah. mind 
Um, I know it well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it just drowns out your best ideas, mm. and uh, you know you're essentially suppressing them. You're missing them. It's just taking up all the mental space that yeah, in a absolutely. monologue of and the energy of it. Mm. Um, I mean, that's why you know great um, uh, academics and philosophers and also business leaders mm. um, of the past and also the present um, would just you know have their greatest ideas in the shower uh you know yeah, going for a walk i mean steve jobs uh famously used to take his board of directors hiking really when they really wanted to come up with some new ideas um because you, you're moving your whole body then and yeah. everything's flowing a bit more internally yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and also you're in a different environment you know mm. you, it's very difficult to uh, have a great idea if you're stuck with 15 other blokes along a wood, wooden table in mm. a white room somewhere mm. trying to come up with a really creative solution to a problem. Yeah. Actually, and also trying, like you were saying, <laughs> trying to come up with it. Absolutely. It's, a, it's like you say when it's in, when you're in the shower yeah. and it happens anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, there's an interesting balance there. Yes. And you talk about um, divergent versus convergent thinking in your book. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because obviously when we're, talking about mindfulness there's a lot of talk about thoughts yeah. and I think you've gone further into that by yeah. making a distinction really between two kind of different useful types of yeah. thinking um, so what 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 is con, what, what is the relationship there between convergent and divergent right. thoughts yeah I mean um, firstly creative thinking involves alternating cycles of divergent and convergent thinking yeah mm. divergent thinking is classic uh creative thought processes where you're just having you're spitting out wild ideas that yeah. are just constantly you know they just come bubbling up they just appear the flip side of that is convergent thinking which is a lot more kind of rational it's like gathering information it's thinking stepwise logically mm, mm. along a path you know it is creative because you're you're building yeah. on, on thoughts and ideas uh, but then if you alternate your two ways of thinking, um, you end up with something that's incredibly powerful. Mm. You know, so you do the kind of the learning and the logical number crunching, as it mm. were, and then go off and uh, you know uh, consciously broaden your mind. You know, divergent thinking. So yeah, so the broadening, so you're diverging is going out almost, yeah. and and not necessarily worrying about the consequence, and then the yeah. converging is coming together to. Yeah turn that idea that you yeah. might have found into something yeah. real yeah. through yeah. more systems-based yeah. thinking. Okay. Yeah. So, the, I mean, a very good way of solving a problem is first stage is gathering as much information and ideas yeah. that you possibly can. And mm -hmm. that's a process that can, if you've got a very specific problem, that can happen over hours and mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. But ideally, it goes on through experience you know, over the years. And then if you consciously take a step back broaden the context and just take yourself off um you know uh, take the pressure off yourself mm. then all of a sudden you give yourself space for these ideas to just come right out of your yeah. deep subconscious yeah i love that i love that idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so if uh, mindfulness can make us more creative is there yeah. a sense in which is there a reverse to that can creative processes become mindful is there I think, um, yes, you can, uh, or they can. Um, you know, if, for example, you are a, a painter mm. um, or a woodworker, somebody who's 
working with their hands. Mm, mm. That process can itself, if you if you're focusing on the process mm. rather than the end result, that can become a mindful process. Ah. Um, so it's concentrating on the process rather than the end mm. that, that's important. Um, you know, I think that that's the crucial thing. If you're constantly focused on the end, yeah. you've already decided what the end results are going to be. Yeah. You're living for the moment creative. where the thing is finished. Yeah. yeah, not in the moment while yeah. you're making it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's not just um, you know a classic, you know, painting visual art yeah. uh, uh, approach that that can benefit. You know, I mean, I think you know, science, engineering, computer mm. programming, all of these yeah. things can benefit. Well, that's, I was going to sort of say that. So if you're if you're somebody uh, watching this who thinks you know, oh, I'm I'm not creative. I don't. I'm not a musician, or I'm not yeah. anything like that. Is creativity still relevant to them? Or is this just about how to be more creative? Can can you use creativity in other ways than being creative? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we're again. I'm not criticising you, but that question comes from kind of a very westernised, mm. mechanised, mm. uh, you know, end result orientated position. You know, yeah. preferably where there's a financial gain yes. at the end of the day yeah. for somebody, yeah. probably not yourself, but yeah. for somebody. And actually. Um, I think it's important to just do things for the sake of doing them. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously we all have to earn a living. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have a payoff at the end. Uh, but that should be secondary. Mm. And, um, you know, like Google was founded by two software engineers who were, I think, like first or second year students, you know, and they were just interested in a problem. You know, mm. How do you get information you know, catalogue information on the internet. Mm. They didn't know they were going to be the richest people in history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think I genuinely don't think they did it for that yeah. reason. They, yeah. they, they, it was it was when the money men came in and said, you know, you've got to have some advertising on here. Yeah. That'll make some money. And they just mm. thought, okay. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, in all of the tech industries, it's not true now. Yeah. I think they're just driven purely by money now. Mm. But they all started off interesting problems. How can we solve it? Yeah. Uh, you also talk about um, the idea of habit breaking in yeah. in uh, mindfulness for creativity. I wonder, could you explain a bit about what that, what that might be? Yeah, we are all we're nature's habit machines. You know, well, all animals are really. Um, nature tries to get us to do things in the most efficient manner possible. So once we work out how to do it whether it's foraging for food or, or solving a problem, mm. it becomes automated, it becomes a habit. Mm. And yeah, it's a, that is a fantastic uh, um, adaptive trait. Imagine if you were trying to drive from one side of the city to another and uh, were consciously paying attention to the changing gear, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, all the things you need to do while driving. If you, yeah. well, you just couldn't do it, you'd be dead within five minutes. And um, so it's really, you know, habits are fantastic for automating really simple routine tasks. However, if you try and automate, you know, the creative process, you know, essentially what you're doing is you're, you're immediately closing down mm. uh, the creative process. But the way our brains are designed, that happens very, very quickly and easily. So you have to consciously break all of your habits. And the great thing is all of these 
all of our habits, they kind of they all nestle and support each other. Mm. So if you start breaking key habits, actually the whole structure starts to to break down and it kind of liberates your innate creativity. Mm. Um, so it's really important each day to you know try and break a few habits. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very simple a lot of these things. It's sitting in a different chair. It's uh, watching different television programs, um, having different drink or having your normal drink in a different way or in a different mug mm. or a cup or whatever. Um, you know, it's not a complicated process, but it's it, tremendously powerful. And I suppose if that's if, if you're in your comfort zone when you're yeah. doing those, if you, if, you, if you have a comfort zone even down to your favourite mug, yes, just changing a mug can potentially have the potential to make you more resilient by the sounds of it if it's expanding and, and stopping you relying on that habit yeah well I mean I think a lot of people's um, troubles actually come from being too uh, tightly controlled by mm. their habits you know because it's they really our brains will automate absolutely anything at all that we do more than a few times you know whether it's our thought processes um, our routes to work, the way we solve problems, um, absolutely everything we are capable of doing, we are yeah. capable of turning into a habit. And uh, so very quickly, we close down new ways of thinking. And uh, that is, is, is critical or critically bad Okay. if you try and come up with new ideas. In fact, if you're struggling with a problem and you need to come up with a creative solution, the best thing you can do is literally just walk out the office or walk out your room and just do something, anything at all. And the chances are it will just set you off on a different track. Yeah. And it sounds so simple and everybody will think, oh, don't be ridiculous, that's just not going to work. Well, you know, uh, try it. You'd be surprised. You know, you will change your approach to everything just by leaving that room. And, uh, you know, maybe not thinking about the problem for a while. Just mm. say, I've done a day's work. I'm not going to do any anything more useful today. And, and just go outside, mm. breathe some fresh air. I'm going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll tell my boss yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work every time, but, you know, you'd be surprised how often it works. You know, putting a problem to bed and forgetting about it for a few hours is very simple and very effective. So we, we talked a little bit there, funnily enough, about Steve Jobs and Google, and yeah. uh, it feels as though in the eight years since you wrote Frantic World, that the world's become a bit more frantic, maybe yeah. due to technology, but also the gig economy. Yeah. Um, I wonder, do you agree, and should that affect how we approach meditation at all? I think the, the world has become quite a bit more frantic mm. over, the, <laughs> over the last eight years, yeah. Um, and... You know, it. I didn't see that as necessarily a bad thing because it's the time when people are suddenly going to wake up. You know, it's, okay. it's always. I suppose it's that old Marxist idea of things have got to get really critically bad before yeah. people will rise up and change things. And I think that's that's true now. You know, it's uh, a very positive spin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only when people will demand social change when it's um, you know when 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 they can't stand it anymore. Mm. You know. Um, you know that's the uh, that's the sad reality, really. Um, you know our present social, political, and economic system has reached some kind of crisis point. Mm. And um, I'm an optimist. I kind of I can tell from your from your. <laughs> I hope things will change for the better. Um, oh, on that positive note, I'd like to 
yeah. discuss your newest book, uh, The Art yeah. of Breathing. Yeah. It really is a beautiful book. It kind of uh, combines not only words, but with, the, with these engravings and the beautiful yeah. minimal colour scheme. I'll, I'll kind of flick through this on, on the camera in a moment yeah. to show people. Um, and it's written almost like prose. There's there's no wasted space in the book. It's there's everything that needs to be in there is in there. And there's nothing in there that doesn't yeah. need to be in there. Yeah. And I just wonder how how deliberate was that? Were, were you trying to write something very different from what you've written before? Yeah, I wanted to um, distill all the key points about mindfulness into uh, you know the shortest book possible. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's actually the book I enjoyed writing the most, you know, each day I would just go to a different cafe. Mm. This is going to make people sick. You know, this idea that you just write a book, go to a different cafe every day and have a different cake. And, you know, well, you were habit breaking every day. Exactly. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really, really loved doing it. You know, each day I just come up with, you know, just a, a page or two mm. and, uh, you know, it only took me about eight or 10 weeks to write because I was just constantly going to different places and just putting on loads of loud music or different cafes would have different types of music. Yeah. And just Interesting. Just so seeing that, what That came proves out. that what you've just been talking to us about <laughs> definitely works. If you want to write a book in eight weeks, then just break break your habits every day. <laughs> um, in uh, your new book, you, you say um, that, that it's impossible to be unhappy and curious at the same time. Yeah. And that seems to feed into some of the ideas in... Uh, mindfulness for creativity as well and I just wonder yeah. what what are your thoughts on this idea of curiosity well it is I mean this is absolutely true it's impossible to feel unhappy and curious at the same time because as soon as you start finding things interesting everything else is just pushed aside you're just sucked into that moment mm. of like whatever you're curious about uh, it's all unhappy thoughts or stress and anxiety they just fall by the wayside so if you're someone who's in your head again yeah. Curiosity takes you outside almost. Is yeah. that kind of how it yeah. works? Yeah, because that's what, you know, I mean, one of the basic skills of mindfulness is being curious about, you know, say your breathing, for example, or, you know, doing a body scan. You're just curious about the sensations in your toes or your knees or whatever. Mm. So bringing that spirit of curiosity to, to anything at all, just it, it, everything, all of your problems just dissolve. Yeah, almost, almost instantly, and that's the great thing is if you know if your if your thoughts are really dark and clouded, just going outside and just walking around and just looking around you, and just becoming curious about whatever is going on around you, you know, and you you will find that actually most things are interesting. Yeah. You know, if you approach it in the right way, most things are interesting. You know, start asking questions and you know observing. You know, that's one of the most powerful aspects of mindfulness is that cultivation of curiosity. It's, it's been out for just about a, a year now. Yeah. Um, and uh, have, people, have you had good good feedback for it? People enjoying yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, um, the, have a look at the reviews for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. People, people seem to... Th Some people are disappointed because it's short. Okay. And yeah. uh, That's the thing that I like the most about it is that I felt like um it's a refresher for me having you know read many yeah. books about it and then yeah. 
reading it. And that's why I mentioned the brevity of it. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, if, if people are disappointed because it's so short, yeah. I'll go and buy one of my yeah. If anyone's there. saying that it's bad because it's short, <laughs> I, that, count that as a five-star review, please. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm asking one question to, to everyone uh, yeah. who, who I'm interviewing, which is if anyone watching this can change something today, that will improve their well-being tomorrow. What might it be? I'm sorry to shock you with that one. <laughs> um, politics is pretty depressing at the moment, okay. but it has been depressing for about three years or so. Yeah, maybe um, longer. Maybe, maybe longer, yeah, yeah, maybe longer. And um, I probably dated this video by saying that, <laughs> but you know, maybe people will be watching this in five years and we've reached some kind of world peace. World peace. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know prosperity for all mankind or all humanity yeah yeah um, so is it don't don't listen to politics that you're suggesting well that's what i keep telling myself mm -hmm. i tell myself that several times a day mm. but i always do because yeah. i just i just love politics to me it's like the ultimate game of 3d chess and uh so i can't get away from it <laughs> like that, you know it drives me nuts so do you do you do you watch the news at, at tab uh, well, I listen to it mostly on okay. the radio. Yeah. I'm constantly checking the net, um, you know, and I just love it. You know, I've always, ever since I was a child, I've been fascinated by politics, yeah. the, you know, political ideas. And, um, you know, it's how humanity resolves its biggest, most pressing issues. Um, and, you know, lots of people hate it, you know, mm. lots of people, and I quite understand because it's really frustrating and it's really complicated but i just i just love it danny thank you so much for joining awesome. today it's been well, a thank you pleasure to have you yeah so danny's got some really interesting thoughts there about um creativity and if, if you found any of that interesting and it might be relevant for you um, then pick up a copy of his book mindfulness for creativity where it's a kind of eight-week course um but rather than focusing on stress and anxiety it's it's really about improving creativity as a means to reducing those other things uh, and of course his latest book the art of breathing it really is a, a beautiful book filled with illustrations and uh, it's the typography is different on each page to reflect different things um, and it's a great refresher if you've perhaps been meditating for a while and got a bit bored or got a bit lost with it then um, this book you can read it in just a matter of hours and it will uh, hopefully re-inspire you. In a couple of weeks I'll be talking to Danny's co-author on Mindfulness for Health, Vijimala Birch, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, if you hit subscribe you'll be able to watch that interview in a couple of weeks. Thanks again for listening everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast then uh, please hit that like button or the subscribe button or leave a review and uh, share it with anyone you think might find it interesting. Um, I had a great time talking to Danny. I think he's done so much to popularize uh, meditation. It really is quite amazing what he's achieved. Um, so please do check out those books that I mentioned at the end. Um, or, you know, have a look at my book on Amazon, uh, Draw Breath, The Art of Breathing. Uh, I do reference Dan in the reading list and I talk a bit in there about creativity as well. And look out for my next interview, which will be with Dan's co-author, Vijamala Birch, with whom he wrote uh, Mindfulness for Health.